This is the Twins Insider Podcast. Lavelle E. Neal III here with me. I am Michael Rand. Lavelle just got off the first two parts of uh, the Twins road trip. Um, the easier part of the trip, I would, I would say, that the uh, Chicago-Detroit portion of the program, but uh, a successful uh, successful trip uh, so far, I, I would say. What, what did you see uh, what what did you see so far? What are some of the highlights uh, of of what happened in Chicago and Detroit? Well, uh, I think you saw. I think the pitching staff for a little bit, a little bit was able to get sta- stabilized to a point. Um, you know, Michael Benitez com- continued his really consistent form, uh, going back almost twelve starts now. But you've seen Jake Odorizzi uh, stabilize a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I even thought he pitched the ball decently yesterday uh, until he got to the fifth inning came. Uh, in that inning when they scored twice, he he had two ground ball outs uh, that barely got by Luis Arias, and the, I mean the ground balls that got through uh, past Luis Luis Arias into the center field for hits. Sure. And then on the pitch to Demerit, he actually said he slipped on the mound as he delivered a pitch, and that that put the ball uh, in the middle of the plate with less velocity on it. Hmm. <laughs> that that's Demerit a, that was able bad, to line the center for bad combination. a bad <laughs> single. Yeah. So um, I, I I think he's he's been he's been uh, he's been pretty solid. Um, Martin Perez continues to be a little bit of an enigma. Yeah. Yeah. He he really got hammered in, uh, in Detroit. Detroit yeah. Up seven runs in that one inning. I, I know it did happen fast, but there's gotta there's gotta be uh, he's gotta be a little stronger than that, and that's going to be problematic going down the stretch. Uh, yeah, and then, uh, but, but I think the bullpen has uh, been able to uh, kind of get his legs under it a little bit. Uh, they haven't been they haven't been overworked, and that should that which should happen in the, in a uh, against the White Sox and and, and Tigers. So um, I think they're set up a little bit better now, and now that the reinforcements are here too, sure. you don't have to use key guys all the time. Uh, like you, you you have and in uh, just the offense as usual continuing to bash the ball but the thing is is that they've had they had two three games on a road trip in addition to you know becoming the most homer happy team in the history of baseball yeah. uh, they had two three games where they slapped hit teams they to did. death and went right. to the opposite field and they were able to string hits together and, and I think everybody gets infatuated with the big home run number but the home these for this particular season and this particular team these home runs are the results of good at bats and yeah. uh, they've they've had games in which the the good at bats have manifested themselves differently other than home runs with singles and doubles i think one interesting thing about this home run record uh that they broke with the last day of august which is amazing right i mean the whole month mm-hmm. left in the season i think the the interest a couple interesting things about it uh one it hasn't really come uh, at the expense, like you said, of good at bats because they've they've struck out among the like sixth or seventh fewest in the majors this year. So I mean, they, they've had seasons where they've struck out more uh, that, than this year, and they're they're not necessarily sacrificing. You know, they they do have the ability to, to have a, a two strike approach uh, when when necessary to uh, you know to put the ball in play and, and score runs that way. Another thing is. Their pitchers don't give up a lot of home runs. I think they're, you know, third best in the American League at, at not allowing home runs. Their gap now is more than a hundred uh, in terms of uh, home runs hit versus home runs allowed, and that's unbelievable. Especially, you know, considering that you know the Guardy teams of the two thousands. Those those Twins uh, were routinely out homered, and this team is just not only crushing the ball, but but doing it at an alarming rate compared to other teams. Yeah, I, I think that's rather amazing because you look at the pitching staff. I don't see 
I don't see uh, guys who are, are super ground ball guys. Uh, no. Gibson does have a sinker. But Perez comes across as a fly ball guy. I don't have the numbers in front of me, though. No. Um, you know, Pineda relies on – he gets, like, fly ball outs a lot. He gets a lot of fly outs, too. And he's uh, he relies on that, that slider. But, you know, he also throws a changeup in there as well when he senses the teams are on his fastball. Sure. Although, that's one thing I like about Pineda is that he's able to adjust depending on the opponent. Because yeah. the last outing against the Tigers, you know, he thinks he thought they were looking for his off-speed stuff, so he pounded them with fastballs, which, uh, you know, I, I, I thought was uh, impressive. Uh, Barrios isn't necessarily a, a ground ball guy either, although he can't no. throw a two-seamer. Um, so it, it, it's a, it's pretty impressive that they're able to keep the ball in the park. And it, it helps that it, it, I, I've got to look at the pitcher-hitter-friendly uh, numbers on target field, but uh, it, it used to be kind of neutral, but I think it's slightly toward the hitter this year. Yeah, maybe? it seems like it has been. Yeah, so I, I haven't I haven't looked it up, but uh, that that is uh, that is one positive uh, development for the the, the Twins uh, pitching staff is that uh, they're not giving up many long balls or as many. No, and the, like I think you mentioned too, the bullpen here has really stabilized lately i feel like uh, and that you know that could change that subject to change they've been playing some easier teams some some lineups that don't have quite the same depth with detroit and chicago uh but you you see that the bullpen now and it, it makes some sense they're not having to overwork rogers and we, we saw that continue here uh in, in detroit where you know you get you can throw dyson out there they like romo rogers you know got the got the save looked fresh yesterday um you know even guys like trevor may um, guy like Tyler Duffy, um, and now all the reinforcements. But they're starting Dobnik today in in Boston, which we'll, we'll get to in a minute. But uh, the the bullpen makes more sense. It feels like a, it almost it was almost instantaneous once Dyson got healthy that it made a lot more sense. Yeah, because now you got a triumvirate of Dyson, Romo, right, and uh, and Rogers there in the last couple of innings. And so, and a lot of times Rocco's gone one guy in the seventh, one guy in the eighth, one guy in the yep. ninth. But now with the rest of the season here, which you have reinforcements now uh, up, now you can uh, you know you can push guys back a little bit. You have Dyson and Romo share like the eighth inning, and that helps yeah. these guys you know down down the stretch. So uh, Tyler Duffy cannot be uh, overlooked no. here. No, uh, I think he's in the run of sixteen consecutive scoreless outings now. The yeah. band like something like fourteen, fifteen innings. And he's really uh, coming to his own as a reliever. Uh, he's around the plate more. He could touch. You know, he, could, I, I, he throws around 94, 95 with his fastball. I know he's jumping up and down because he could touch 97, and that's great. <laughs> but usually it's around 94, 95. Right. Uh, he's got that. He's got the Uncle Charlie, too, that curveball right. uh, that he could uh, put over the plate. So he's been really effective, and that's been a big boost for these guys Yeah. to have him step up and contribute uh trevor may also has pitched much yep. better too yeah so yeah I'm, I'm curious to see how these uh call-ups are are, are filtered in uh the twins just called up three more guys today that, yeah. uh, which uh coincides with the end of the minor league season uh ryan harper's back not surprised yeah. trevor hildenberger is back that's a surprise okay and fernando romero was back that's really a surprise um uh, sure the, the, the latter two hildy was coming back from a flexor mass strain yeah uh you know which is in that you know precursor to tommy john category okay but he's come back and i guess he's been really effective for rochester so they give him a look fernando romero um is one of the reasons why the twins were in the in the 
uh, pickle they were in at the beginning of the year with the bullpen is because he is supposed to be in the bullpen, and he was yeah. supposed to be the apprentice closer. Yep. Uh, but the, the truth about uh, the truth about Romero is that he cannot repeat his mechanics. Huh. Therefore, his command is shaky, and he's okay. been working on a new delivery at Rochester that they hope would help him be a little more consistent with his uh, delivery, and therefore help his ability to throw more strikes. So Interesting. I'm curious. I'm curious to see how that works out. But uh, that he was a, he's well, actually Hildenberger and Romero are two of the guys they thought were going to be yeah. factors in the bullpen at the beginning of the year. And they weren't, and uh, they it caused the twins to ad lib a little bit. Yeah, and uh, you saw the you saw the outcome of that. So uh, they're both back up, and I'm sure everybody's anxious to see how they can contribute. Yeah, I mean we we've talked about this before, but start of the year, like their their bullpen, the guys they were counting on were basically their their top three more or less were Rogers, Hildenberger, and Blake Parker, and <laughs> Hildenberger and Parker blew up fast. I mean Hildenberger had a run where he was good, and then he just got pounded, and then they had to send him out. And Parker kind of was the same same story. They just couldn't trust him anymore. You know, I, I know uh, the Twins aren't alone in their um, uh, abhorring, you know, signing relievers to long-term contracts yeah, or just showing out a lot of money. But they've got to look at the bringing one horse in next year. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, uh, and, you know, I've talked to them before, and they think that, you know, bullpens are volatile. A bullpen could be great one year. You could bring everybody back the next year. It could be, yeah. it could be terrible. And I, I get that. I yeah. get that. But they got to do better than Blake, Blake Parker for yeah. free agent signing. Is, you know, Di- you know, is Dyson, get, Dyson back next year? Yeah, Dyson is back next year. So uh, that could help out. But they could, they're, they're going to have to find another guy who can come in and be a late-inning yeah. uh, bridge builder at least. Yep. No, that makes and sense. And I know... They had thought they had one a couple of years ago. And they gave Addison Reed eight million a year, right? And the first year was okay, but toward the end of that first year, he started losing velocity and he never recovered. Right? It's 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 a tough gig, and I've been covering ball long enough to know that these bullpens do are volatile, sure, and they are up and down. But uh, in order to, you know, stock your bullpen, it's going to cost them some bucks, you know, yeah. and that's going to be the bigger question. Would you rather allocate that money uh, toward a starter? And just try to fix the bullpen from within, or uh, do you uh, bite the bullet and take a shot to see if you're bringing a good reliever? Okay, before we move on to this 12-game stretch, which is very important. I mean, they they did a good job, not a perfect job, but of taking advantage of the you know these 13 games against Chicago and Detroit. The the homestand was shaky, but they they hit the road and things got a lot better, and it coincided with some Cleveland losses. So the 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 lead sits at five and a half. Um, we'll get a little bit more into what this next 12-game stretch is, but we still got to talk about, we haven't talked since Bruzdar Gratterall made his debut, talking about uh, bullpen possibilities. Obviously, this guy is uh, ticketed uh, to start long-term. I, I, I admit I hadn't really seen him pitch at all. You know, you don't get a lot of minor league looks at this guy. The way he throws, it, it is you can't believe that it's 99 or 100 because it looks so easy and it's got some dip to it too right it kind of it's got some weird kind of up in the zone sink at least what what we saw the other day what was the kind of thought process on on you know calling him up and bringing him in and and what did what did they think he looked like in that first outing the funny part is Burt Blyler and I and I were talking in the press box yesterday about it 
And uh, we both understand why Brunstar had Tommy John surgery with that delivery. Okay, it is it is not it is not the uh, classic <laughs> uh, over the top no. uh, Jim Palmer like delivery. It definitely is not. It's there's a, it, 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 until the ball comes out of his hand, it looks like he's just hurting every part of his body <laughs> throwing the ball. But I will say this: it does come out of his hand nice. It doesn't look as max effortish as like a Joel Zamaya. No. You know, but Joe Zamaya's name was brought up in the press box yesterday when, yeah. when discussing Gratterall. Um, uh, like I said, they could see why he had Tommy John. His legs don't look, he doesn't look like he's using, he's no. using his legs a lot, but he's doing something to get it up to 99 know. miles an hour. Yeah, that's the thing. And that's, that's what it remarkable is. But just look at him. When, next time he pitches, watch him in his follow-through. Uh, he doesn't even follow over the top. He's no. Kind of like, Stops and it, it's 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 rather unique. It is, but it's it, it gets the ball to the plate in an incredible uh, pace. So um, I want to see more. Yeah. Um, first time out, I didn't think he threw great breaking balls. He threw two or three in there. I didn't think they were really that impressive. No. But the Tigers hitters were sitting there going, "Okay, let's see if this kid can throw it for strikes." And I think they said, "Okay, he can't throw it for strikes." <laughs> and then uh, and then after that, the inning was over. So. Um, he did not throw 100 miles an hour. Uh, I know the TV camera showed right. 100, and that was celebrated after the game by TV people. But uh, thank God for a website like Baseball Savant. That is like my right. go-to website right. during games. I usually have it on during a game just so I could track exit velocities and pitches and everything. And uh, I think his fastest pitch was 99.6. When they round up. But uh, TV, TV uh, rounds up anything at .5 and above. Sure. So... As soon as it gets to ninety nine and a half, it's going to register as a hundred on the screen. So I know people are like, "Hey, you threw a hundred and yeah." Uh, still to this day, Juan Moreno is the last Twins pitcher to hit a hundred on the gun, like a legit one hundred, like a yes. Wow, uh, well, it'll be interesting to see how they deploy Gratterall and all these other arms they've called up. It's an interesting kind of dynamic because the you know the the race is far from over. I mean, they've, they've got 12 games coming up here, um, starting in Boston, then they come home for Cleveland and Washington, and then they're at Cleveland, right? That's the that's the 12-game right. stretch. So, I mean, yeah. these are, you know, games against, you know, Boston's kind of on the fringe still of that wild card race, um, and Washington is they're, right at... Right their bullpen is struggling, by the way. Yeah. Washington... They, the, they lead the American League in blown saves. That's terrible. Washington's right in the mix in the National League for that second spot, and then obviously the sixth with Cleveland. I mean, those are swing games. What, 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 what would the Twins? What can the Twins do here, kind of bare minimum, to make you feel good about these next twelve? How, how, how would they come out of these feeling like they're in good shape? Uh, if they come out at least five hundred, that's fine. But to be honest with you, the way Cleveland's going right now. Um, there, there's blood in the water, right? And uh, and the Twins need to pounce because Jose Ramirez is out with a broken handmade bone. Right. Tyler Naquin Torpa's his knee yep. crashed into a wall in Tampa Bay, and actually Jason Kipnis was having his hand um, examined oh, is that right? yesterday. Okay, uh, there's something going on with his hand or wrist, so I hadn't seen the update on that. So they are falling apart from a uh, health wise, and it's it's affecting the one area of the team they cannot afford to lose any more buys on, that's offense. I mean, they have yeah. a really good pitch at that. Sure. Um, Carlos Carrasco's back Saw after that. his yeah. incredible return that's from awesome. yeah. cancer. 
Uh, Corey Kluver got pushed back a couple weeks because of a domino strain, but he should be getting online here soon. So the pitching staff is going to be fine. Although, even though I say that, the Twins have not been afraid of Anders, Anders Simber and um, Chad and Brad Hand in, right. in the late innings. They have not. No. But the, the only reason that Cleveland's going to get in this thing is they're going to provide some offense. And they're losing offensive pieces. They just cannot afford that. So I'm going to say, while 6-6 six six is, is great, uh, I don't see why they can't go 7-5 and five or maybe even 8-4. and four. Um, It starts with this, this – uh, this uh, stretch here with the Red Sox and, and the Nationals, uh, two quality teams that are trying to hold on to hopes. But I, I just think there's opportunity here to finish off the, the Indians here in the next couple of weeks, just because they're depleted and their 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 schedule is a little bit tougher than the Twins. So yeah, I mean this, and the sooner they, you know, if if they were able to do that, let's say they come out of this stretch and they're up, you know, they have they've maintained this lead or even even built on it a little bit, then. Then you can start working in a lot of those minor league arms. You can give your, you can really kind of set your pitching for the stretch because they're in a spot where they're not going to catch the Yankees or the Astros, so they're not trying to play for you know any kind of home field or any kind of uh, anything like that. They're they're a good eight or nine games back of, of both of those teams at this point. Um, really, I mean their their priority is you know pushing that division lead out, and even if they, you know, even if they got to a spot where even if they came out of this, you know, only four games up or three games up, I still think they'd feel pretty good given those last, you know, 13, 12, 13 games against, uh, back against the uh, AL Central, uh, the, the lowlier teams in the AL Central. But yeah, the, the sooner, I think the point that you were trying to make is the sooner they can do this, the, the better it sets them up for, uh, you know, kind of how they might be able to go into the postseason. Right. Yeah, because uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, after the Twins won yesterday, um, they if they go 500, the the Indians have to go like 20 and five to catch them sure. the rest of the way. So advantage Twins down the stretch here, and a lot of things are pointing upward with them. Yeah, and so um, yeah, if they could just take advantage uh, of these next couple weeks, uh, Kipnis by the way has tendonitis in his wrist. Okay. So they're hoping he can get back in the lineup by Wednesday. He's going to take medication and try to get back in the lineup. So, okay, so that doesn't sound uh, too serious. They dodged the bullet there. Right. They're relieved that Kipnis is uh, is uh, is not injured worse than what yeah. they feared. We'll see if that so, effect, we'll see if that affects him at all. But that's interesting. Um, so uh, my guy, and you also touched on it too. The Twins now have a 15 man bullpen. That's amazing. A 15 man bullpen. Yeah. They they have why not I've been rip, I've been complaining in the paper about them having to cover like nine or twelve outs or fifteen outs a game. <laughs> they could use a pitcher a batter pitcher, now and get fifteen pitch, outs. That's right. That'd be great with five hour games. Why not? Let's let's do it. It can't be. No, no <laughs> what, kidding. You now you had hinted at this. Uh, I think the last time we we did this that they might push. Um, they might push Barrios back a little bit, and they're doing that now with with Dobnik. What do you think of that against? Boston, is this you okay with this? Do you, do you feel like they need to? Is this you know? Or does Dobnik have the stuff to 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 do this? Or are they playing with fire a little bit by not you know just kind of plowing through this and trying to sew up this division? Or how do you look at that? Well, I think it's consistent with what they've done for most of the season. When they saw opportunities to give uh, guys in rotation an extra day, they have taken it. Yeah. Um, I, I'm surprised that they didn't just push Barrios back a day. I'm surprised they didn't just push him back to the end. And give them like four or five extra days, okay. you know, and see how that affects them. And, and you just roll the dice with with Dominic and try to put together a rotation after that. You do have Devin Smeltzer. You do have Devin Smeltzer up as a uh, right. column. 
who can take the ball for you if you need him to. You know, uh, a lefty that a lot of teams still haven't seen, you know, can can be effective. So um, yeah, I, I I see why they're they're making a move. I I would have advocated, you know, being a little even more aggressive and pushing it back even more, just giving them a little, maybe a week off or so. Yeah, and uh, let the arm bounce back for the stretch run and see if he can take things to the next level. But it's a good matchup now because Brios is, is facing uh, uh, Edmundo Rodriguez. I think it's Edmundo Rodriguez. Okay. Their left-hander who's like 16-5 and five with ERA under four. So wow. that's a great matchup now on Wednesday. Uh, Dobnak, very curious to see how the, the Pennsylvania-born Dobnak handles uh, uh, pitching in Fenway Park. His family apparently is going to drive out for the game. Cool. Uh, he's got that heavy sinking like fastball, so he's more of a ground ball guy. But I I liked it because it looked like he was around the plate. It looks like he pounded the strike zone and was and was pretty much unfazed by the surroundings. So I'm curious to see how that plays out on the road in the in a hostile environment. Um, but the Twins have gone to Boston. It is it has happened. They have gone to Boston and coming out with good results. So this is sure. not like a um, uh, a march into oblivion here. I think no. they can give the Red Sox you know three decent games. Yeah, um, but. Uh, like I said, Boston's trying to hold on to their playoff hopes. Everything hasn't clicked. Um, they did, they let Kimbrough go basically because they didn't think it was an elite closer anymore. But they really didn't have you know uh, uh, someone lined up to replace him. Uh, like Nathan Ovaldi came off the DL, and they say, well, he can pitch. You know, he could pitch in the ninth inning, or he could be our guy to pitch like a Josh Hader and finish like you know through the final two or three innings of games. Well, he put up a 5-4-0 ERA uh, coming back off the DL. Meanwhile, Andrew Kastner, uh since coming over from Baltimore, has an 8-0-1 ERA oh, as a starter. So yeah. uh, now Ivaldi's in the rotation and, and Kastner's in the bullpen. They've really had to make adjustments with uh, how they constructed that bullpen. So they're they're not cooking on all cylinders as the Twins come to town. That's interesting. Well, we'll, we'll see how it all plays out. I mean, it's uh, this 12 games is... And I think we we focus so much on the the twenty six out of thirty eight or whatever it was twenty five twenty six out of thirty eight being against the the lower teams in the uh, AL Central. This this little twelve game uh, stretch is is tricky and could could define things a little more, especially with with those six against Cleveland. That's kind of Cleveland's last gasp and hope right there is that they find some find some magic in those six games and, and make this a race again. But five and a half feels uh, a lot better than uh, than it was uh, three weeks ago and when the sky was falling. Yeah, they were out of first place briefly, and, yeah. and and they did what they had to do against uh, the White Sox and Tigers here, and used that to uh, build a lead back up. So uh, now they just have to keep the, the foot to the the foot on top of the pedal here, and just keep yep. chugging along here. And uh, we'll be playing October baseball in, in in no time here. Sounds good, man. We'll enjoy some time off. Phil's got uh, the series in Boston. I'll catch up with him in a few days. But uh, thanks, Lavelle. Take care. All right, take it easy, man. Bye.